0: I want you two to get good rest. What if I have a bad dream? Oh, I'm sure we can handle any dream you have. What if I dream that you sent us away into the dark and we get hurt, really hurt? And what if I'm so sad and scared of the dark out there that I put poison in me? years and years until my blood turns into poison and my heart breaks right in half and I can't feel anything happy. (laughs) I can't stand it anymore and I I have to die. Until I'm on a silver table, it's my jaw wired shut. (laughs) wake us up from a dream like that we're not like any other family we're different because of where we grew up hill house See yeah. You don't have to worry now, sweetie. That really bad dream? Of course I'd wake you. Hey guys, well, if that doesn't give it away, I guess we're talking about the haunting of Hill House. That's right, I, um, essentially explaining my absence, um, you know, I had to basically see what everyone was talking about. So, um, sadly though, I made the decision to watch Making a Murderer Season two first. Now, I'm not going to make any deductions here. I'm not going to say anything. Because the first time around, I got kind of duped. The only thing I can recommend, definitely read some articles because you know just like every documentary they only present one side so until I basically can do a little more reading I'm not really gonna say anything um the only thing I can say his lawyer the Catherine Zellner Catherine Zellner whatever her name is Miss Zellner holy shit that woman's insane and awesome and I mean God forbid I'm ever, rock on wood, convicted of any sort of crime. Um, Yeah, I should never be. But if that ever happened, God, I want her on my side because she is just fucking fantastic. Um, and just speaking of fucking fantastic, uh, Queen fans, if you're listening and haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, get off your ass and go see it. Cause I have been on a Queen fucking kick for like two weeks. Um, just obsessed, but, um, and I'm not going to get into it cause life wise, I, I, I've always been obsessed with them, but, um, getting into today's topic and back onto things the haunting of hill house um so yeah after watching you know all of that dove straight into this because i was hearing from everybody have you seen it you haven't seen it yet it's so good so um essentially yeah watched it fell right in love with it and um Yeah, just basically, sorry, guys, it took so long. It's just hard, you know, to find 10 hours of television time, um, you know, when you live a busy life. So uh, again, I'm sorry for the long delay, but uh, Netflix, you guys are just knocking them out of the park. Like, the crowd goes wild. Literally, I, I don't know, these guys are really starting to contend with HBO It's, you know what, if I was an HBO executive, writer, anything like that, I would be shaking in my boots because these guys are on it. The show was freaking awesome. It's like a combination of, um, American Horror Story with FX meets, you know, um, Six Feet Under from, uh. <clears throat> HBO it's just freaking gold um i just just loved it um you know it's basically a, it's it, it's a truly a, a neat horror thriller mystery with a lot of meaning and family ties behind it so i mean this is one of those ones that'll keep you on the edge of your seat biting your fingernails you know it, it, goosebumps, terrified, but at the same time, you know, you've got your Kleenex box beside you because you're fucking bawling your eyes out over, you know, just the relationships with the family members and just essentially how everything goes. But um, like I was saying, you know, this is all feels, um, and at the same time, you know, terrifying. It's incredible. So let's take a look. I mean, I'm going to basically go through this podcast and assume if you're listening, You watch the show. And if you haven't, I don't get why you're listening. But, uh, so, spoiler alert. Big time spoiler alert. So, you know, in a quick kind of plot blow through here our summary it's the summer of 92 and we look at Hugh and Olivia Crane and along with their children <clears throat> Stephen Shirley Theodora Luke and Eleanor as they temporarily move into Hill House as they plan on renovating the mansion essentially you know sell it make huge profit and then build the dream house that they've always wanted and that's been designed by Olivia now, of course, unexpected repairs you know lengthen their stay, and at the same time, there seems to be an increase in paranormal phenomenon, which will result in a tragic tragic loss of the mother um and essentially the family fleeing from the house and you know twenty six years of burying these traumas, we essentially pick up with the family you know after you know Essentially, Nellie kills herself, and we're gonna watch the family kind of try to digest Nellie's suicide and try and, you know, essentially bring up all the past issues that they've had, things that they're keeping bottled up. They're ghosts, my. Right? might you you know might i say they're ghosts essentially and uh you know essentially we're going to look at them as they're forced to confront all of these issues and their time at hill house and freaking awesome so um the cast uh wow what I, I just blown away. And um, guys, we're going to play a fun little new uh, idea I came up with called I Know Them From Somewhere because essentially this whole freaking show, I felt like I was just playing this game of I know them. I know that guy. So um, starting with Ukraine, Crane, um, the young Ukraine Crane is Henry Thomas. Um, I thought he was great. And uh, of course, playing that, I know him. I know him. He is E- in E.T. playing Elliot of course that is uh, Elliot years later uh, and this seems to be a Gerard's Game re- um, reunion uh, in that film as well as well as the film Regie or Ouija. We- we- <laughs> now um, the older Hugh Crane played by Jack Ryan the only thing I really recognized him from was like hashtag horror and secret window <clears throat> other than that nothing too crazy so of course Stephen Crane Michael Hussman sat there the whole time going, I know him. Yeah, it's Game of Thrones. It's Daario, uh Oh, break. I always say this wrong. Naharis. I'm so sorry, Game of Thrones fans. You're going to hate me. But um, yeah, essentially, he was the one that had a little more of a speaking role in Game of Thrones. And got to bang the lovely Daenerys. So good for him. <laughs> um, and so uh, also as well, he's um <clears throat> the older or the younger version just t v star nothing I could really recognize him from so uh carla uh, gino uh olivia crane gerard's game american gangster san andreas uh watchman definitely been around the block a few times highly recognized her um now um the uh surely she also was, rec- I was sitting there going, I know her. A lot of people also asked me that we're also watching the show. This is Elizabeth reezer Um, and it's Ouija twilight guys. It's Esme Cullen, uh, Mad Men, and of course, true detective, uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen. This is Luke Crane. The only thing I saw was faster the Raven. Nothing that really jumped out, uh, for me We have Kate Siegel as Theodora or Theo hush. Um, You know, she's the girl essentially dealing with a house invasion and Gerard's Game. And fun fact, she is married to our director, uh, Mike Flanagan, and um, essentially he directed these last two movies of Hush, Gerard's Game. Um, I guess he also did Ouija, but she wasn't really in that. I think it's Ouija or, or no, Oculus, but she wasn't really in that, but or maybe she was, but, but either way, sorry, I'm speculating. Uh, but essentially, um, she definitely hushed in Gerard's game. So this is a husband-wife collaboration, and I did not know that. Uh, so the young Theo, also recognizable. This is from I, Tanya, and uh, a couple episodes of young Sheldon. And um, Victoria uh, Periti or Eleanor, or Nell, it... it Apparently, I mean, she's not really known, but she is going to be in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So really excited to see that. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's the new Quentin Tarantino film about Charles Manson. So it's going to be just freaking awesome and I can't wait. And I think she's going to do a freaking phenomenal job playing one of his followers. couple of the reoccurring cast um clara i recognized parks and recreation a couple of episodes of csi and uh kevin uh shirley's husband it's uh it's starship troopers and um yeah all the casts from you know some of the mains down to some of the reoccurring gotta give you a round of applause you guys are freaking awesome and uh fun facts for those of the, that didn't know it nelly's therapist um dr uh Monotag, Monotu, whatever. Um, His uh, real name, Russ uh, Tamblin, and he actually played Luke in the 1963 version of uh, Hill House. So, kind of cool. And uh, essentially, um, going from there, you know, looking at some of the episodes, I just kind of wanted to highlight some of the parts that really stood out for me. So, the first episode, that ending, when, you know, it kind of comes full circle and he's, like, yelling at Nell a bit, like, you just saw Luke in here, blah, blah, blah. And he calls and says, she's dead. My jaw hit the floor. I don't know about you guys. I just was like, oh, shit. You know, whoa. And then, like, the whole ghost thing, when she, like, zooms in on him, freaking crazy. Um, <sighs> anything to do with, like, the death of animals, cats, dogs, I don't care. It always bothers me it just gets under my skin so poor Shirley and her damn box of kittens Ugh. but I guess I mean these are those little things in life that sort of set us on the paths that we uh you know essentially follow and things that we become because if it wasn't for that she never well I don't know it's arguable it could be the kittens or perhaps even her her mother's death why she got into uh in being a funeral director and you know doing all of that that fun stuff um and uh one thing I've got to add I maybe perhaps I'm again speculating and don't know much about queer identity in film but Theo's lesbian identity again correct me if I'm wrong guys reach out to me on social media on this one but I just feel like it was added and completely unnecessary. Um it didn't add to the plot. It was just there as like a mechanism to keep like husbands entertained that were watching. Um it just it didn't add to anything. You could have had that with a male, female. Did not matter it just to me I think it like I said, two beautiful women uh you know romping around in the sheets, yeah, it's um you know, I get why they did it, but unnecessary in my, my opinion, but whatever, you know, just the whole Theo character, I still love, um, you know, her ability to sort of feel things and see people from touching things. I just unbelievable. And then just to see her kind of use that in a, a child therapy uh, way, was really, really cool, really neat tie-in. Um, but the whole thing, when she discovers, uh, Pardon me, the poor girl and uh, Mr. Smiley or Mr. Smiley Face. Ugh, freaking gross and, um, you know, just awful. And, ugh, that's part of, probably one of the more disturbing parts in the whole show. So, um, Luke and his whole friend Abigail another fucking crazy twist at the end when you find out that abigail wasn't an actual fucking ghost because i totally thought she was she's just weird looking Um, but uh you know it's poor clara and um horace's kid, and you you know live is what killed her and this is why he's keeping everything a secret it's just fucking nuts um and then you know going from there we have the bent neck lady and that twist and Nell and we'll get into how, you know, she essentially could be the bent neck lady, you know, and still haunt herself. And that will be, you know, essentially looking at the final episode when they discuss time and what time is and what time means and sort of how time is measured and looked at. It's not linear. It's not what we would expect, a beginning, middle and end. And pardon me. apparently I'm very sniffly. Now, um, as the story escalates, you know, the family comes together, we're dealing with Nell's funeral. Everything's been prepped. Um, and this is where you can really get your box of Kleenex and the emotions are high. Things are tense. Um, and just, I mean, I, I definitely had tears in my eyes a couple of times, just the family's bickering and going on. And then when Nell's coffin falls over, it's just, heartbreaking um so as the funeral you know we get into the next few episodes and the funeral goes on and we see the flashbacks of the house and things are kind of explained and we see live deteriorating you know it just everything kind of just piles up on you as the viewer um and you just fall apart uh, you know but at the same time I guess there's hope you know like everyone sort of mends men's their, their tragedies. And I'll, I'll get into that at the end here when, with my summary, but it's, yeah, I've, I quite haven't, I haven't quite had a show do this, um, for me and, you know, definitely take my heart, tear it apart. And then at the same time, you know, leave me wanting more. <laughs> it's, it's truly unique. Um, now as you know, I got to say it, the witness marks, you know, when they're driving up and, uh, Hugh explains, you know, Steve, you just didn't quite see the ghosts and the whole clock repairman. And then, you know, Nell appearing um, when uh, Theo and Cheryl are driving up. You know, that totally threw me out of my seat. Um, all of these little things, well done. This is just great horror uh, altogether. It's just fantastic fantastic um and it's truly just just great great stuff and i hope you all agree with me those of you that don't i'd love to hear from you because i have yet to hear from one person that said eh, it was okay or eh, i didn't like it because it's it's i think it's great so um again those of you that didn't like it definitely let me know i'd love to hear from you <clears throat> So uh, development, production, um, you know, the series began in October 2017 in Atlanta, um, and the location filming in a city is kind of in its city um, of Atlanta, Georgia. And reception wise, I mean, it's receiving huge critical acclaim. On Rotten Tomatoes, the series has an approval of 92% with 75 reviews, looking at 8.39 out of 10. It's a very high rating. Um, And basically, it's just generally favorable. Um, You know, the Telegraph refers to it as the most complex and complete horror series of its time. Uh, Roger Ebert. Uh, dot com Gave its praise, um, calling it essential viewing, stating the show contains some of the most unforgettable horror imagery in film and television years. Um, you know, IGN giving it a series rating of 9.5 out of 10, amazing, calling it a sp- superb, terrifying family drama. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just absolutely. Forbes calling it absolutely fantastic and that it actually may be Netflix's best original show ever. Um, and the, it's reported that one of my favorites, Stephen King is a huge admirer of Jackson's novel and tweeted, I don't usually care for this kind of revisionism, but this is great close to a work of genius. Really? I think Shirley would approve, but who knows for sure, for sure. Um, Personally, I think she would approve. I mean, it is it, it is reaching out. It's not at all similar to the book. It's just basically taking the characters, location, names, that sort of things. But even the characters aren't even the same. But it, it it's still a really neat, neat way of taking it. Taking that story and twisting it. <clears throat> now, some fun facts. I mean, gotta say, how many ghosts did you guys see while viewing? Um, they're hidden throughout the show little things, reflections, just appearances. Sometimes it's just hands, shadows, faces, um, caught me off guard while I was watching. Um, and it will drive you crazy. with how many you will see and mit- to find out how many you missed. Um, I was kind of blown away when I looked into it. Um, no, uh, You'll see when they show Luke in his treehouse that there is an E.T. lunchbox. Kind of funny, considering Elliot is dad. Hugh's eyes, um, while watching, I've got to pay attention to this the next time because I'm definitely reviewing this. Um, They start off with bright blue while he's young. You know, he starts off with a lot of hope, admiration. Um, And when he's older, they're grey. You know, he's lost that. It's no longer hopeful and excited uh you know he's just sort of dead-eyed now uh the original novel has eleanor theo and luke but the siblings there's no steve and shirley these were added in now the reason they have this is because Shirley, of course for shirley jackson and steven for steven spielberg because amblin brought the story to uh flanagan Now, um, young Theo, uh, at one scene you'll see her reading The Lottery, which is another book of uh, Shirley Jackson, and uh, essentially, like I was saying, this whole thing is like a Gerard's game um, reunion, and I guess in that movie, Theo plays Liv's mom, so it's kind of funny that this time around, Liv's playing Theo's mom, Um, and uh, I guess... Kate Siegel. So Theo ended up pregnant while filming. She fought through the symptoms um, to basically, you know, still bring the unbelievable performance that you see. And uh didn't realize that episode six is composed of, I guess, five very long takes, one of which being 17 full minutes. So when I rewatch, I'm gonna really pay attention to that. It's so essentially there's no editing, there's no cutting, nothing. It's just the actors, the camera, and they're going. Um and uh essentially I guess this this whole thing it foreshadows itself evident definitely when you kind of think about it um but i didn't realize the first episode you know when um nelsie's the bent neck lady shirley is sleep talking hugh checks in on her and she says dancing in the red room you know it's not till finally we understand what this means about the red room the stomach um you know it's slowly digesting the family and she's talking about theo the red room essentially was her dance studio So um, basically, guys, in summary, you know, what does this show mean? I mean, to a lot of people, it's going to mean a lot of different things for me um, personally. I think it's uh, it's a show about ghosts, Um, you know, and ghosts can mean so many different things. I mean, essentially for these guys, it's, these ghosts haunt them and it's only after that they deal with them can they move on. Um, and these ghosts are everything from wishes, memories, regrets, guilt. Um, and I think that, you know, that's why our hearts break so many times watching it. You can kind of relate, um, to what everyone's going through. Maybe not everyone, maybe one individual, um, but it's, it's It's fascinating. Um, And uh, essentially, you know, while they were um, writing the show, I do have to say it was annoying sometimes how they really detailed the talking, like just the back and forth between characters. People don't really talk like that. Um, but at the same time, I loved the references, like Olivia talking about the house and what a house is, the heart of a house. And that's why, you know, we essentially hear them talking about the red room being the stomach. So as I was saying, the ghosts, Nellie essentially being the bent neck lady that was a huge twist and totally caught me off guard. Um, but it's her death of course that brings them all back, uh, together. And, um, at the very end, you know, essentially, uh, she tells them that, uh, you know, the hell's bringing them back together at the very end. She explains, you know, what love is and time. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit, but, uh, Liv's ghost, you know, she is not helpful when they're back there. She just is happy to have her kids and she wants them to be awakened, which is reference to Hello House to basically dead. Um Now um Lib's ghost, you know, she's also seen earlier as a guide, but this is just Hugh's memory. Like I said, ghosts are many different things. And in Hugh's case, it's a wish. His ghost as he wishes his wife back now we also have other you know ghosts like poppy hill um hazel hill you know this is the sister-in-law um well sister definitely some uh hate there between the two of them and uh they're very interesting uh the side characters now um william his uh ghost was another one that kind of came up that kind of i felt was bizarre um the whole walled he walled himself in because of fear and guilt. Um, and this had to do with an affair with a housemaid. Uh, it wasn't until kind of later researchers think that brought up an idea that, you know, Horace might actually be, you know, um, William's illegitimate child. Uh, his mother. You know, he talks about her whispering in the woods to suitors. I think that might have been him. And uh, essentially, that's why he walled himself in. And Poppy might have knew, known about his infidelity because at that one point when she talks to Liv, "You're a real tomato, huh? Willie's just gonna love you." You know that whole scene. <clears throat> I think you know it kind of speaks to William's uh, William's attitude. And the whole thing in Theo's dream with uh, Trish explaining it, really bizarre. Again, quickly, Abigail, her whole ghost, didn't realize she was a ghost till the end. Whew, crazy. Um, then we also have this, you could call it a ghost, but it's Shirley's ghost. It's her daydream. It's her guilt. It's her remorse. It's the, yeah, I one night stand that she had well away and, uh, away from her husband. And I guess his name is Ryan Quayle. Um, and essentially I just, I don't know, it was just that, that other funeral director. Um, now I guess to Nellie, I mean, she sees Luke's ghost, but this was only because he died. Well, you know, quickly while he was using the drugs and then, you know, was quickly resuscitated. And then of course, you know, we have a lot of the minor ghosts, Mr. Smiley, the locked, clock repairman all these little things that pop up now um the house itself is what makes change for every character in this show if it wasn't for them bringing themselves back they never actually confront the pain of their past um and it's these pains um you know the trauma for each of them you know that essentially leads to Luke's addiction Theo's meaningless, meaningless sexual encounters not and no ability to love anyone or open up Nellie's depression Shirley being a control freak Steve's unwillingness to see the truth you know essentially all of these they just bottle up their their shit and don't actually deal with it um, and uh, essentially, you know, if you don't get to the core of the issue and just put a bandaid on it, this is kind of what you're, you're going to end up dealing with. And it's not till they're actually in the red room, they're forced to confront their fear where there's no place to hide. So, you know, Steve sees the, the whole diseased child because his mom had mental illness, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Shirley's infidelity, um, you know, the whole episode 10 thing f- focuses on it. You know, I fixed her. She's pretty, but inside she's a whore. Um, Luke, you know, his uh, abil- his choice not to die after his overdose and not sitting down at the table. And Theo essentially um, opening up and letting people love her. Uh, you know, so getting back to what I said, Nellie shows up releasing everyone from their dream and everyone starts apologizing. Um, and she explains that to each of them that she understands that love is unconditional uh, and the rest is just confetti and love that is, love is all that matters. So she refers to time as rain. It's moments just falling all around them. It's not linear. So this basically explains how she could see herself. And as I said, I just kind of love this reference. It's just so unique. It's unheard of. It's just so cool. Um, and I just thought it was really, 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 really awesome. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and, uh, going on. So the red room being the stomach, you know, trying to put on these faces to digest them. Um, it's not till the queue basically tells them that they're unfinished meals, you know, and they go back. It, I just thought that again, another kind of cool reference tie in, um, and just so bizarre, but really, really neat. And again, left me wanting more. So, the ending, you know, Hugh to Steve, the whole seeing ghosts, clock repairman, what a twist. And uh, the characters being the witness marks. I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast, uh, Serial, I'm sure most of you have. But it totally brought me back to listening to that. And uh, I don't know, of, kind of made me smile. And uh, just, you know, the house is... Essentially, just like the clock that he mentions, there's no records of the repairs. Livy is drawing out the floor plans, and you know if it, essentially they come in trying to fix it and um you know at the very end, with Steve apologizing and his dad and seeing them you know it, essentially it, it it was really uh. Sorry, I'm just getting all tongue-tied here. So many thoughts at once. Um, But essentially, you know, at the end, you see the two of them kind of going over things. And then we see this, you know, wonderful happy ending of Steve, you know, apologizing to Liv. She's pregnant. We are celebrating two years of sobriety for Luke. Um, You know, essentially, Shirley's coming clean to her husband about the uh, infidelity. And my God, what a scene, um, you know, Theo is moving out with Trish, you know, she's tossing at the gloves, um, and essentially the house gives and takes and Steve's kind of wrapping this up. He's, you know, kind of narrating that for us. And the cost for all of this is Hugh's death. So Hugh's dead. Why? Because Liv will not get, he wants the kids freed and Liv will not give them up she refuses to be alone again Um, and he says you know I'll I'll make a promise that will last forever and you know let me fix it and essentially we don't hear it as the viewer Um, we don't see anything and I think at this point essentially he's killed and that's when we see him rescue the kids and the goodbye with Steve and everyone outside and I think you know at this point he was totally dead um, sacrificing himself and um, it's not till we see Hugh join Liv and Nellie in the red room guys rewatch this scene and look at Liv's face she is fucking pissed off she is so not happy to be letting those kids go um, and Nellie of course is just ecstatic the look on her face is is just wonderful Um, and you know, we're left with Steve's ending monologue as I was saying, you know, looking at love and fear, um, and how it's, you know, essentially a relinquishment of logic, um, and reasonable patterns. And either we give into it or we fight it. There's no meeting it halfway. And everybody here was just trying to meet it halfway and look at the shitty lives they were all living and you can't continue that, you know, and, and reality. So essentially, you know, they had to face their fears to move on. Um, and when they finally do everything, you know, seems happy. Um, and it's, like I said, it's one hell of a story. You know, we may, you know, each of us may have problems, but dealing or band-aiding it with sex, drugs, whatever things we think we may may help you know doesn't actually help the only things that do is confronting it and after that you can grow stronger so guys thank you for listening putting up to me rambling on for the last 33 minutes um but I guess I just really passionate about this it was a freaking awesome show um I can't say it enough I think if I was to go back and replay this I've probably said that probably like 45 fucking times. Um, so again, thank you for listening. Um, if you, uh, would love to talk to me, reach out to me on social media, always love to hear from you. Uh, you know, if you disagree with any of my statements, any of my thoughts, love to hear from you, especially, um, or if you just want to say hi, you know, that's always fun too. Uh, and, uh, of course guys, um, again, thank you. And, uh, hopefully I uh, can't wait till, uh, till the next one. All the best and uh, keep calm, stay creepy.